This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. This is Everything Elite, the world's best podcast devoted exclusively to all elite wrestling and the elite extended universe. I may be, I watched too many Chalance Royale matches this week, and uh, that's it. I'm joined by uh, Mike. What's up, Mike? I I was going to say that that was a pretty powerful trill coming out of you. Thanks. Uh, that was pretty powerful. Uh, hey, y'all. It's your old pal, Mike Spears. Uh, you know, it's gotten really cold out, like surprisingly cold for this time of year. Like, we're going to get below freezing already, which kind of surprised me. But, you know, I also have watched some Chalance Royal matches, and she should be all elite. So, you know, y- y- your attention is not uh, wasted, I would say. Aaron, how are you? Uh, I'm tired. I'm tired. I want to go to bed. Um... Nate, your favorite wrestler with a singing gimmick. Okay. Wrestlers with singing. You got the Honky Tonk Man. Yeah. You got Aiden English. Sure. You got the Joe Hendry. I think. Does he have a singing gimmick? Brit Rest guy who was was signed to Ring of Honor, uh, but never appeared, I think. Elias? Um, So it's none of them. Elias, not him. (laughs) <laughs> oh, this is it's Jeff the up up girls. It's the fucking up up girls. <laughs> what a silly question. Sorry. I mean, that's not. I mean, maybe maybe they're disqualified because that's not a gimmick, as Cody Rhodes would say. That's real. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Which that's member? That's not some of... fake wrestling shit. Um, it, I mean, it's either it's either Noah or Mew. Yeah. I mean, I like I like Raku too, but uh, you know, Mew and and Noah both making big waves recently um you know but it's pretty common to be a uh, tokyo joshi pro wrestler and, and make big waves across the world oh you're exactly right uh one wait am i supposed to do we spoil dark on this show i think I we know. can spoil the youtube shows right okay, one, also one, they they posted all over their own twitters about it so yeah one may saruga is in the united states folks so that's exciting for the month that she'll be on dark and Never on anything else. Yeah, well, uh, better to be, I suppose, uh, on dark for a month than be Riho and be on dark for a year and a half. <laughs> your, your whole fucking life. Yeah, um, Mike. That's right, folks. We're getting right back into it. <laughs> Mike, uh, all your these complaints favorite, you've heard before. Your favorite singing gimmick for a wrestler? Well, in a little promotion called Dragon Gate, there's a character called wow. Karaoke Machine. Do you we know, all really you are this on one, our bullshit this week. Yes, have you heard are. this Dragon Gate, Aaron, before? No. Okay, I'm not. No. Yeah, you'll have to you'll have to help us out, Mike, because we don't know. Um, Does one have ever... to open it to be good? Well, one would say that that's the only gate that's forbidden right now. Ooh. <laughs> Unless you're pro wrestling Noah, I think. Yeah, but that's Nosawa, and really, uh, do we have? Nosawa has he has a skeleton key to all gates. 
I mean, Nosawa makes moves. Uh, we, I could spend the next hour just talking about the greatness of Nosawa Wrong Guy and his business acumen, but uh, no. Uh, but yeah, no, my favorite of Up Girl Nate, as you were about to say, I think you were about to ask there, Raku. Okay. Well, I'm glad she's being represented um, uh, on the podcast here because, of course, when we met the Up Up Girls, Aaron, uh, you selected Miu and I selected Noah when we were getting our special prize winning autographs so mike's got racket covered so that's great three of them I, uh, and they've each got a fave i actually i actually selected raku when we met the uh when we met the up up girls oh shit you're oh, right you did fuck <laughs> we have to fight now we're gonna have to fight it's okay yeah. I'll, i can take I'll i definitely thought you i, I definitely fun. thought you picked me okay okay well what happened was well that's i think that's probably you know me me is the red she's kind of like the the main protagonist character of the unit and you're the host of the show. I think it. you had just picked Noah or I don't know. There was just like, I felt like Raku had to be the pick in the moment and it worked out. Uh, we had a very difficult conversation between two people who did not speak each other's languages. Mm. Uh, so I had a great talking to, to Hikari Noah. Um, uh, we agreed. Ethan Yon. Ethan hmm. Yon, right? Cause we were going to be at the sure, one yeah. four show. Absolutely. Um, we did a high touch. <laughs> this is pre-COVID, is, folks. Which is Japanese for high five. Um, and yeah, there, uh, that's all I remember. Shocking. Now, looking back, I was going to say, shockingly, Raku didn't, Kentucky didn't mean anything to her. But now that I think about it, actual shockingly, that Kentucky didn't trigger like, you know, KFC to Raku. Very big in Japan. Oh, that's true. It's a big Christmas thing, I think. Yeah, it uh, is. But do they necessarily uh, connect it to Kentucky, or is it just like a brand unto itself? Right. It, that may not. That word may not mean like may not trigger anything. It's just like okay. Also, it could, they just might think of it as KFC rather than Kentucky Fried Chicken. Hard exactly. Say. Yeah. Uh, hard to say. Well, I'm glad we've talked about our favorite singing wrestlers. Uh, mine, obviously, uh, Master P. My favorite wrestler. <laughs> Not uh <laughs> Jerry only played bass. I'm sorry, who? Jerry only? Misfits. Yeah, I don't think he's saying anyway. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm gonna double back. Uh second place for me is ICP. When I, AEW I does their ICP. big uh when they do their big trios tournament for the trios titles, we need a team of ICP and Nosawa. Be still my heart. <laughs> I love ICP. They're very cool. Uh, okay, we're going to kick this show off with some news. And get excited because this is podcast news, folks. Uh, this is the uh, penultimate episode of Everything Elite on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Uh, this is episode 148. Episode 149 will be our last episode on this network uh, starting from episode 150, you will only be able to get this podcast on the Everything Elite uh, dedicated feed, whatever, just like our individual feed. That feed is going to stay the same. If you subscribe to that feed already, you're good. You're going to be able to get the podcast like you always have. If you don't, subscribe to it now to make sure you get it. Uh, we're also going to be using uh, YouTube more, so subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, we're going to have some new stuff on there. Uh, and we're on, you know, all the all the apps. So get on there. Uh, nothing is going to change about the show, except as Nate has pointed out, we'll probably have 
uh, less ads on the show, uh, no mid-roll ads and things like that uh, going forward. So that'll be exciting. But as far as your experience as the listener, uh, it should be very much the same. Uh, something we've been discussing for a long time and simply decided this was the right time for us to try something out on our own and uh, see how it goes. So that's it. Just make sure you're subscribed to the individual Everything Elite feed. That's it. Yeah, we that's hope you'll uh, you'll hope, uh, follow along with us to the same solo feed. Yeah, and <laughs> <That's right. laughs> we're on, if you're not just doing the feeds, uh, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts. We're now on Audible, I discovered. I got us on Audible today. Uh, Does that make us... Uh, authors now? Are we technically audiobook authors? This is a book. Well, yes. Yeah, I think this is a book now. Yeah, we're now technically authors. And then also Spotify and uh, looking into other things. So if you don't do it through like a podcatcher, then there's other options there. And as Aaron said, we're going to really kind of ramp up YouTube as well. So if you're someone who listens on YouTube, we have our individual YouTube page. Uh, we will have more links to that on our Twitter profile. Just go to everything AEW on Twitter and you'll find everything there. How exciting. That's all true. So uh, just stay on the ride with us. It's going to be fun. Uh, you can find us at everything AEW on Twitter. We'll, you know, I'm sure post more stuff about this on there. I'm at Aaron like the car. Nate's at Epitasis. Mike's at Fuji. Hey, uh, subscribe. As I just said, just make sure you hit that individual feed. Even if you subscribe today, even though we're not uh, going to be uh, on the just the individual feed until I think it's November 17 is the one. It's the weekly show right after Full Gear. That'll be our first fully independent show. And we have a, a special surprise plan for that show. So get excited. Uh, Nate was momentarily unsure of what the special surprise well no it's i uh j-pop in the chat guessed what the special surprise is and that i'm i'm gonna stream final fantasy 14 for everybody and just uh not engage at all or, or chat or do any commentary or anything you can just uh you know watch me run around that's exactly right that's gonna well, be what happening. we're gonna what we're going to do is be nate's gameplay and i'm gonna pull nate's gameplay while aaron and i just unrelatedly talk about that week's dynamite well, you know, friend of the show, Wikifaze, has recently gone on to Twitch, so we can get a lot of tips, uh, perhaps, from Wikifaze about the best ways to uh, stream things. He's not doing games or anything. He's just talking about music, uh, which, from my perspective, is cooler. If he would like to play, I'll do a collaboration with him if we play games. I know that's Ooh. a huge draw. Uh, me. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I I yeah, will it say, does, it does amuse me greatly. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, uh, Wikiface has put over EE big on the Wikiface Twitch streams. So, a uh, big fan of our of our podcast and a great supporter of ours, and we of his. So, it's uh, very mutually exciting. Uh, if you're using Apple Podcasts, give us a five star rating interview. Going to be even more important now, folks. We need more people to find us. So, you know, help us out in that endeavor. Uh, and of course, the best way to support the show, if you'd like to, is head over to patreon.com slash everything elite. Nothing's going to change about Patreon either. So um, jump over there. Okay, let's uh, do what we do on this show. We're going to talk about our most favorite and least favorite things from the show in a little segment we call Elite 
or delete. Nate, what was your favorite thing from this week's episode? Well, Aaron, my favorite uh, segment from this episode of Dynamite was the big Codyism match. Codyism is back. Everybody get back on board. Andrade, El Idolo versus Cody Rhodes uh, with the tablet guy and with Arne Anderson at ringside. Uh, I don't know what it was. As soon as – no, I do know. There, there were two things that immediately got me excited about this match. Uh, Juan Andrade, pretty good music. Uh, and he just starts making his entrance. He starts taking off his clothes. He takes off his mask. And they shoot him, like, real tight. But I don't know. His, like, his whole upper body, his triceps, his shoulders look huge, fills the whole frame. And he's just got, like, a big fucking star look on his face. Uh, and I was like, yes, we were worried about Andrade for a little bit. They had some weird ideas with the, with Vicky Guerrero, with Chavo Guerrero Jr. Uh, and he didn't have a, you know, great first couple of outings. Uh, but he came out here and I feel like we, we got him on the rails now. We've got the guy who has the potential to be a big star. And you can just fucking see the confidence in this guy. Even when he's just walking to the ring, he fills up the frame of the camera like a big star. So that immediately got me hyped about this. Uh, and then Cody Rhodes make, making his big ace entrance. Uh, and I just, I was struck. I've heard it, you know, we've heard it many times now, but the Mikey Ruckus orchestral remix of the downstate Cody Rhodes song is so phenomenal. And it gets me so hype. And it, <laughs> I don't know, it's just got such a grand like epic arena filling feeling uh, and yet still has like kind of that pro wrestling butt rock core at the middle of it. Uh, it it's phenomenal. It's got giant synth trumpets on it uh, and just hearing it <laughs> really put me in a mood to enjoy this match. Uh, and then I thought it was a really, really great match. Um, you know, both these guys worked hard. They had, I think, uh, unusually good chemistry uh, and best of all, we got a like the classic Codyism overbooking where tablet guy gets involved. Arn Anderson's got a knockout tablet guy. FDR is hiding under the ring with the AAA tag belts of all things. They knock out Cody when he's doing a dive. Uh, this was, I think, maybe the main event between this and the main event was maybe the thing that the crowd reacted to the biggest. And during the ad break, especially the largest like dueling chance I heard of the night was let's go Cody and Cody sucks. Uh, so if he's, if he wants to be John Cena, he's, he's, you know, getting there on that. Uh, and yeah, this just exceeded my expectations a considerable amount. And I was like, yes, Andrade wins. He's like weirdly pinnacle aligned now. Uh, and then we get a pretty decent angle here with, uh, you know, Aaron facing off with Tully and the Lucha brothers running in to make the save. Most importantly, uh, in that angle, Blucher Brothers with just fantastic sweaters on. It was like, wow, sweaters sweaters can be cool. I should like go back and and tell myself when I was a child, my mother would force me to wear a sweater to the to the family Christmas or whatever. Like, no, sweaters can fucking look cool. So that's it. That's elite to me. It's something in this match that like their chemistry kind of surprised me a little bit in a way. Like there was like the sequence where. 
uh, Andrade was going for Rush's double knees in the corner. Like he he's taken that and he's used that as a move his own and cody popped up and did a lariat and it just looked really smooth and really awesome and at that point i kind of realized like oh this is actually a really really good match and it was something that to the point on the show until the main event it was my favorite match on the show i thought that they worked really well there like the the cody the strings and mikey ruckus orchestral production at downstate's what gets me i know it's the synth horns reunite but i like hearing like the rising streams going into the chorus there really gets it going and and, and then now it, it's kind of a thing with like now cody everyone takes a step back it's the scenification of it and we're like okay how is it going to be there crowd first started to be seemingly okay and then kind of as you said uh, during the commercial break we're going more towards Andrade, and I thought this kind of all came off pretty interestingly, and I like this idea of, you have Andrade who's clearly allied with Malachi Black, and then you also have Andrade buying the services of FTR, and I really enjoy the aspect of this, that it's like the interconnectedness now of the heel uh, the heel like armies in a way, just really kind of appeals to me, and it's something that like seeing Andrade get his sea legs after like the really shaky first month here, and of course some of that is that he got put into a great feud with Pack, and now we have this. I, it, it's something that gets you more excited about this, and like you, we we see Andrade, and he's performing as our expectation of when he came into the promotion, where we're like, okay, this is all really weird, but you know. Andrade is a star. It's going to rock. And then, you know, it was a couple steps back. And then now it's like full force ahead. And now I kind of feel like that if he's not at like the level of anticipation of like stardom that I was when he came into the promotion, he's pr- he probably might be past it. Like it, it's something that it's just the whole entire thing is cool. And then, you know, Arn and Tolly was just one of those things. I was like, they're going to keep on doing this until one of these two guys, you know, just. I, I don't want to say croaks, but like one, it, it, as long as one of these two guys are around, they're going to be doing that. So I, I really enjoyed all of it. I, I totally get why you picked this night. Are you suggesting they're destined to do this forever? I mean, th- th- there's <laughs> someone who might be destined to do things forever that might be coming in soon. Ooh. Uh, longtime listeners of the show have been here for the AB Loves Cody era. Longtime listeners of the show have been here for the AB Hates Cody era. And we have now entered the AB just doesn't really care about Cody era. I can't get excited or 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 worked up about Cody. So I'm not going to fake it. Uh, I have nothing to say about this. Can you get worked up for the Mikey Ruckus orchestral remix of the Cody Rhodes theme song? <sighs> well, I don't want to do the... I don't want to do what everybody thinks I'm going to do, which is bitch about how long this entr- in, mm, entrance was as compared to the women's match on this show, which was like mm. half of the women's match was this entrance. Um, it, I got to say, they, I'll, I'll try to listen more closely next week. It, it didn't stand out to me in any real way. Hey, do that or even better, do yourself a favor. And next time you're on the exercise bike or whatever, put that on. Yeah, and just it'll let, get it, me going. let it flow through you. It'll definitely get you going. It gets the people going. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know, Andrade, I think, also had a little more, a little more snap, a little more panache just on all those offense tonight. Like, you know, uh, he just, he's just doing little idiosyncratic things in the ring where he's getting fired up after a move or whatever. And it's like, yes, this is, 
the guy who's got the fucking personality, got the look, got the moves, got the talent, got the speed, got all of it. Um, and now, you know, they, they don't have a manager with them anymore. Uh, and, you know, he came out on the last show and cut a very strong uh, promo in English talking. So, yeah, they got him online now. Again, you know, a lot of people make the snap judgments on the talents in this company. Uh, and it's almost never the talents. It's almost always how they're presented. At first, at least. A lot of times they find out how they should be presented and they correct that, which is great. Uh, but I'll never just assume that it's the talent's fault that something isn't working. Andrade is very cool. Uh, I, I mean, I think I, I think I was always pro-Andrade. Uh, I certainly was anti-Andrade's presentation uh, when he showed up. But yeah, I've always been an Andrade guy. It's like, <sighs> I just think... You know, Cody's probably going to win this feud because he always wins his feuds, so that makes me less excited about it. Uh, but it's it's good as as Mike said to see Andrade get his sea legs under him and see him really really going in this company. Uh, it's very positive for the future. Mike, what was your favorite thing from this show? So it's not a promo, it's not a match, it's not a brawl. It's a shot that they had. It was during the. MJF and Darby Allen brawl that just kind of just meandered as a lot of the brawls were tonight. It just it was not a very strong night for that and also a strong night for camera work until one moment. Until they brawled into the crowd, He uh, Darby had MJF reeling up against the barricade. He did the parting, the seas, he shouted move, and he started walking back. And they went to the camera, the fixed camera that was set up well that you could see straight down the aisle to MJF just like haggard, you know, getting his ass kicked. And then you see Darby sprint through this, do a awesome clothesline. They did a great cut to the impact there and MJF going ass over tea kettle over the barricade. And it was something that I felt like that with something that at this point in the show, I mean, we were close to 930. We've already seen some really meandering stuff. We, we had some solid matches, we some meandering stuff. But then when, when I saw like that, shot or like that sequence of shots i was like all right this is why pro wrestling is awesome because you could be able to capture something visually and you and the fact of that you know for the people there live this is the one time that really it's more beneficial to be watching at home because if you're live you know you, you might be trying to look for wherever they have the uh tv feed going on in the arena but if you're at home you sit there and you get to see just rb allen just with the crazy a crazed look on his face look at the termination on his face command everyone to get out of the way then stomp up the aisle come back sprint all the way through and it's something that like you know a for a feud that has been kind of up and down but it has a lot of interesting stuff with it the fact that like we had like that moment there like that's something that made like we still see like the sammy guevara doing the 630 uh the 630 splash from i forget who it was against there but that 630 it was against mjf actually that like uh, over the barricade from daily's place like that's in the open like this thing has to be in the open now from from now until something else crazy happens it just was one of those things that kind of took me aback and i was like wow pro wrestling really is great yeah i shouted out this shot too on on our twitter um because up to that point i was very frustrated with the camera work they you know, this feud has been like, uh, I, like technically sound, like, you know, the pieces are all there for it. Uh, you know, it makes logical sense. I think MJF is 
doing a pretty decent job in his promos of laying out what it's about and what he's feuding with Darby about. And it's kind of got a, a different purpose or a different, you know, theme that is taken on in terms of what they do in most of these feuds, which is like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to attack you and get under your skin, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and Darby's saying, no, I'm, I'm not going to let you mentally beat me or whatever. I'm just going to wrestle you and beat you. Uh, but while all this promo was happening with MJF, they kept cutting to these very tight shots of Darby in the crowd. And uh, Darby was doing his damnedest to be compelling by making facials and reacting to these MJF promos. Uh, uh, but they kept going back to him every, I don't know, four seconds or something. And it was also large for the large majority of that, very unclear where Darby was. You just had like Darby sitting shrouded in darkness uh, and couldn't tell, like he could have been in the boiler room for all we know. Uh, and they finally gave us a wide establishing shot, but it was still very hard to tell where he was. Uh, but then they went to this where Darby comes out of the crowd. He says he's going to beat MJF's ass. Uh, and they start doing these great looking over the shoulder shots of Darby where he's approaching that big aisle uh, and, and setting up that uh, awesome run like you talked about, Mike. Um, and yeah, that really, I think, made was maybe the first thing in this feud that made me, you know, get fired up about anything or have my, uh, have my emotions stirred or like, you know, be like, Oh, that was cool. Cause it was something you don't see on every episode of dynamite. It was a fresh camera look. It did make it seem like more of a happening in the building than just an antiseptic thing on TV or whatever. Uh, so that was great. And it pretty much, was the focus of the whole segment because they were also they had like a bunch of they had like a fake sting army but it was like with paper masks um that was like they didn't even show it enough to like be annoyed that it didn't go anywhere because it was so secondary to everything else it's like hey remember when there was a bunch of stings well we're gonna do that but you're it's gonna be in the background of this shot so who even cares uh so that's been kind of the story of the feud but that run that spot him colliding with him over the barrier the like pinpoint perfect cut to the other shot of him going over the barrier. So you could follow the whole action uh, was great. So you're dead on about that. It would look great in the opening, uh, especially, you know, the only other time we really see like a floor shot like that, where you're in with the people is like when Moxley enters and we may not, uh, you know, be seeing that in the future, or maybe see him in the opening credits or, or opening titles. So yes, that was awesome. Very cool moment. I would love to see, you know, like a crane shot of how that looked. Um, Cause you know, we've got a crane in these buildings half the time. Oh, yeah. Is that either? So yeah. Great shot. Big crane fan, Mike Spears. We need that shot. <laughs> uh, yeah. The main thing, I mean, I agree with what you guys are saying, but the main thing that you hit on Nate was that this was the first time in the feud where I was like, Oh, Hey, this is exciting. That was fun, which kind of sucks because these guys are both, uh, you know, intriguing in their own ways, and certainly are, as MJF was talking about, major focuses for the future of the company. But this feud just hasn't really hit in in a in an exciting way, in a compelling way. So uh, that's been kind of a bummer. Um, I I really did not like this MJF promo. It was just kind of I don't know the same stuff he says all the time. So it just didn't really build this. Uh, I mean, so the story of this match is that MJF is somehow going to break Darby mentally, right? That's that's the story. Okay, I think, yeah. Well, yeah. Has that has that happened or 
Is it going to no, happen? Darby, Darby's not going to let it happen. Yeah. Okay. Darby's going to overcome that. He's a baby but, face. But there hasn't been much to like even push push Darby on that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Well, yeah, he brought up the thing Darby talks about all the time with his right. uncle dying. Uh, and then he attacked him in the parking garage. Uh, and then there was, they did a fake thing where they played Sting's music and he wasn't there, but then he was there. Is yeah. That all right. Did I get all the beats? I think you did. So I don't know. They maybe could have come up with some more stuff to break Darby mentally, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, MGF certainly had way more potent ammo in his little mini feud against Brian Pillman than he has against Darby here. Yeah. Right. For sure. That's, that's true. Yeah. So that's kind of a bummer, I suppose. Uh, you'd like to... I'm not even, like, mad at MJF, you know, where I'm just like, ah, I can't wait to see Darby beat the shit out of this MJF. I'm just like, okay, well, see what happens here. Uh, but it's going to be fascinating because MJF is... Now we're talking about something else, but MJF is insanely protected in the company. The story is built for Darby to win, uh, but it that seems unlikely <laughs> to me <laughs> that Darby's going to beat MJF. Well, it's hard to say. I mean, MJF seems like he could be a viable challenger for either title now because they're both held, or they both will be held by baby faces pretty soon, we think. So it seems like he's more apt to get a big title program than Darby is at this point. For sure. um, I will say there's, you know, a lot of. Miro is maybe the first character in this company who loses the belt and then is like, I want my belt back. Most of the people lose the belt and they're like, okay, well, I'm going to move on. Like Darby has never seemed to express any, you know, intention. Like, God, I, I got to get my TNT title back. Yeah. Which, you know, I guess it's good that they're not just doing, you know, rematches endlessly. That's always a positive. Um, and maybe I'm forgetting a little, you know, line in a promo or something, but. You're right. It's. Well, it's hard to say which is the better, but it's almost like an overreaction to all the automatic, you know, uh, rematches that we've seen for years and years. But so I guess I'd prefer this to the, to that. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to amend because uh, Moxley did do a, a whole promo about getting back uh, on top with all these new people coming in and how he's. Yeah, got to get back to the belt or whatever. So but that was also uh, like many months you know, later after, yeah. after losing it. I'm mostly struck, I guess, by like Cody and Jericho, but that's also just what Cody always does is he just moves on and doesn't care. So it's Jericho's interesting. It's like, can you imagine another Jericho world title run in AEW? No, kind of. He's kind of looking better recently. He seems like he's trimmed up a little bit. Uh, he's kind of got some of his mojo back, I think. I, I think you got the big title run out of him. I mean, like, he, he solidified it, and then now, you know, I mean, it seems like that it's just not going to happen. I mean, it, it's also something where, like, maybe he looks so good because, you know, he got to go on the first cruise, apparently, that they had back with Royal Caribbean. Oh, not Royal Caribbean. I forgot what it was. Like, Norwegian cruises in, like, 20 months was his uh, Jericho cruise. So maybe that's why he, he's got his sea legs underneath him, Nate. That's why. <laughs> Well, he it certainly he got his big run. Like he's definitely not getting another big run. Uh, I do think you can totally give him like, you know, I I would argue against giving almost everyone a gold quote unquote gold watch reign. But Jericho, a guy who the company was built on the back of, you can absolutely give like, hey, 
you know, Jericho's retiring. We got to give him, uh, you know, one more thank you rain on his way out. Uh, like, who's a good example of that? I don't know. I can't remember last time there was really a gold belt r- run as of late. I can't think of one. No, it's certainly mm. been a long time. Um, but he, that's absolutely like, a, you know, one last hurrah for the old guy before he, you know, goes off into the sunset and you, you know, do a Ric Flair miracle win type thing where it's his career on the line, but, you know, actually build it this time instead of doing it in two weeks like the last time. Uh, for for my pick, I think it's my pick. I think it's my turn on this show. Uh, I'm going to pick kind of a weird one, but it's largely because it's unexpected to be getting so much um, time and, and attention. And that is this little story that they're doing with Dante Martin and Leo Rush and Matt Seidel. Uh, and now it's we got Lee Moriarty in the mix. You know, there was a lot of concern when you have Punk and Danielson and Adam Cole and everybody come in that there's all these guys that well, what are they going to do with these guys? And that's that concern hasn't like gone away whatsoever. But this is a story that is not based around any title. It doesn't feature any guy who's been a world champion or a TNT champion or any champion, <laughs> as a matter of fact. And yet, basically, every week on TV, it gets some focus. It has some heft to it. Like, it has something to be interested in about it. They had a whole thing that went sideways with Mike Seidel getting injured, and they just plugged somebody else into it in a way that makes sense. Um, and it serves a great purpose. It's not just like, you know, <laughs> whatever was going on with Bobby Fish. Not going to talk about. I'm a, not going to talk about Bobby Fish on this episode. But it like, oh, we're also serving up Dante Martin, who is a big star in this company. In the end, uh, if you don't listen, although I think Mike and I did this on Dynamite one of the weeks, it was just us. But if you're not a patron, you got to go listen. You got to subscribe to listen to Nate and me on our Rampage review world tour. Uh, this past week where we just went insane about uh, Dante Martin. So if you're a big Dante Martin fan, or if you're a Dante Martin doubter, you should listen and and find out why you're wrong. But I love this story. It's very exciting. It's building very slowly, but in a, in a way that's fun, like to keep watching it go. I don't know exactly where it ends up, uh, but everything about it's fun to watch. So that's my elite for this week. Yeah, this was, uh, a successful segment here. Uh, and I totally agree with what you're saying about how it's just nice to have this story and have it be executed pretty well um, with these guys in it. Cause these are all guys that we want to see more of. I think, uh, you know, when Dante Martin first had his couple breakout matches, I said, you know, I hope Dante Martin isn't like, you know, a half dozen other guys where it's like, he does something great and we see him and he seems like he's got so much p- potential and then he's not on TV for another you know, four and a half months. Uh, But no, they've definitely honed in on this and focused on it. Um, And adding Lee Moriarty is like, oh, it just got even better. Now we've got another exciting young guy that we can see get some reps on television and see develop uh, and see what he's got as far as connection to the audience. Uh, And I think they're getting a lot out of this. And this is, you know, I think I'm guessing what's kind of motivating this is that it seems like Tony's like genuinely a big Leo Rush fan. Uh, and feels confident in him in this spot. Um, and that's great. Uh, but, you know, Matt Seidel, I wouldn't, his 
doing like backstage acting character kind of stuff like this has not always been one of his strong suits, but I think he's been uh, totally successful here. You believe him when he's just doing like, I'm frustrated about Leo Rush, uh, you know, interceding here on what I had going on with Dante, who I was trying to help out out of the goodness of my heart. Um, so having him on the other side of it is like bringing Matt Seidel along in a way and making him more featured that, I, you know, I don't know that I was ever expecting when he came into this company. He came in as a joker in a battle royale uh, and it was like, oh, you know, he's a great hand to have. He's a great guy to have on dark. And, you know, he's a he's a trainer and he's can be working with the young guys and all this stuff. Um, but this is the most focus he's got in the promotion. And that's also been great because he's a great wrestler. So, yeah, I think this is uh, good to see. Yeah, this just rocks like all the way. Like this was a great way to kind of like, yeah, Lee Moriarty. He had the match with Bobby Fish on the Rampage buy-in a couple weeks back. But really, just it, it's a great way to kind of further introduce him into a storyline, more onto national television. And it's something that, like, with a combination of these four guys, with Leo, Dante, Matt, and uh, and uh, Lee, it, it, you have a lot of, like, really intriguing possibilities here that, like, there's a lot of permutations you can have. Like, yeah, we have... The proposed tag match as Seidel Moriarty versus Martin and Rush. Like the, like that's awesome. And then you have like the idea of eventually having Matt Seidel getting his hands on Leo Rush for manipulating Dante Martin. They they've already done great jobs with Dante Martin versus Matt Seidel. And now you have Lee Moriarty versus Dante Martin as a possible match. You have Leo Rush versus Don uh Lee Moriarty here. And it just it serves everyone well. Like that's like the great thing about this feud is that no one is going to come out of this feud worse for wear or look worse out of it. Like it's something that it's a great use of Leo rush right now. And it builds up anticipation for Leo rush to finally have that match. And then, you know, Matt Seidel, as Nate said, like, like was in a uh, interesting position. And when, when he came in here, it was like, all right, that's cool. Matt Seidel's here. Like he, like he's tight. Like that's good. But now we're like seeing like a deepening of like how he's kind of changed as he's been in the promotion. And then you have, Lee Moriarty, who is like one of the real breakout stars of the COVID Indies now in the company. It's just the it's just a win across the board. And then of course we see what happens when Darius Martin, Dante's brother, gets better, and we have the idea of like, okay, what's gonna have a top flight in this? So there's a lot of ways to go from it, and it's really intriguing. So I totally get why you're bought into this, Aaron, because I'm bought into this as well. Nate, you mentioned, I think, on World Tour about Darius seeming to just be genuinely happy uh, for Dante. You know, I guess just some people talking like, oh, is he jealous? Like, like his brother has really uh, blown up during all this. And not long after that, like I must have gone to his uh, Twitter page and his top tweet was like, my brother is my favorite wrestler in the world. But I mean, it's just like, oh no, this is just like a genuinely sweet guy who's just so happy that his brother is showing out. So uh, very cool to see. All right. Uh, our listener elite of the week. If you want to be featured on this part, you just sign up for our Patreon, join our discord. We do an elite or delete channel in the discord during each show. Uh, Drew 101. Uh, their elite is Kenny Omega's uh, line in his post-match promo after the Out Angels match where he says, you ruined my career, <laughs> which was a very funny line. Uh, and Drew was also saying that he really liked the match and the entire post-match segment. Yeah, I thought this match was 
a unusually strong opener um, for the show. I think maybe that's just because it was 10 minutes long. And I was like, oh, great. A 10, a 10 minute hot opener with a big star on the first thing against another underneath guy. That's like kind of the perfect, uh, perfect mix for me. The perfect compromise of their thing where they want to go, oh, well, we don't, we want to put our big stars on and our exciting matches on first because we want to pop that first quarter hour and, and have people tune in right away uh, and have the energy up in the building or whatever. Um, and then they also want to have very long matches all the time and, you know, want to have very competitive matches all the time. And this was like the perfect blend of like, Oh, you got a big guy out there, but he's against an underneath guy, but there's also a story here. So the underneath guy kind of benefits from being in this situation. It's not like, you know, he's just out there to lose and look bad or whatever. He's actually going to get more over from this. Uh, and it was like the perfect length match. You get a 10 minute win, which is decisive uh, and you move on and it kind of sets up the thing with hangman page, which was at the end of the last show. Now it's the beginning of this show, uh, a good opener and a, a good pacing to that, especially I thought. Yeah, this was just really awesome. I think Alan Angels really does great in these kind of roles. He's someone that whenever he's on darker elevation, I feel like he kind of like uh he kind of stands out and you know, Kenny Omega playing this in here and playing up their match from last year. I, I thought this was an absolute win and then like Hangman, the way that Hangman came in there and the way that they kind of teased that buckshot lariat ruled. So yeah, no, this rock. Yeah. I I was thinking the same thing about Oh man, this is it where you have the big star and you know he's going to win, but you give somebody who, you know, in this particular instance, there was a very specific reason why it could be competitive and you understood that it was competitive. And they're putting over on commentary. I don't know, man. Sometimes you're just a guy that just has your number or whatever who's like just able to compete with you and you wouldn't expect it, which was a great. Little that's like that's actually a sports story, you know, to tell of like sometimes there's some guy who, you know, has hit whatever, fifteen for thirty-five off of whoever, uh, you know, even though they're a two twenty hitter or, you know, pretend whatever you want to about that. But yeah, so this rocked. It was a lot of fun. And Kenny's little promo after it was also funny. So a good time was had by all. Uh something else that can't be a good time is if you go hang out with our friends over at mybookie.ag. Uh, I don't know about you, Mike, but I did use the NBA lock of the season last week. I uh, got my free $25 bet in on uh, the Mavericks and the Nuggets, and somebody just had to score to win. Did you get in on this? Oh, you know I did. I mean, Absolutely. it was something that they they do all these kind of great bets at my bookie doing these lock bets like that. And it's one of the things like one of my favorite ones was that one because it's like, oh, yeah, of course, like someone's going to have to score this. This game's going to happen. So you're going to score yeah, it that's and with right. my bookie with my bookie. It makes it so easy. And you know what I did with that weddings, Aaron? Let's hear it. I went right in because this weekend is the world championships of League of Legends, and it's also wow. the Mexican Grand Prix. So you know what? What bet I what I made for the Mexican Grand Prix? Just because I have a feeling this week, Aaron. Let's hear it. I went on Sergio Perez Checo to win really? this race. Hometown guy, you know, wow. plus twelve hundred, and the Red Bulls run really well in Mexico City. So you could bet on that. You can bet on League of Legends. That I was talking about Dan Wankia versus uh, Edward Gaming this weekend. So I mean, That's like my it's, squad. yeah, I mean, 
right now uh the over under so it's best of five aaron the over under on how many maps this is going to go three and a half you, your oh. boys are favored uh that uh, they, they have a minus 1.5 uh spread there if you're going to be doing the spread there or an over under and three and a half it looks like that damwon kia might go back to back this week your boys might do it again wow. who's your favorite player on damwon kia back aaron? to back um is it showmaker or is it canyon well, who better? Obviously, I'm a canyon guy. I mean, one of the best junglers in the world. Do you know what a jungler does in League of Legends, Aaron? Uh, yeah, they. so like a lot of these games, when you're talking about your maps, sometimes you end up too far off the map and you end up in the jungle. So this guy's really great at fighting his way back to the main part of the map where everybody else is. I thought that was pretty good. I thought he, yeah. was, he, was, he was borderline going to get it there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know what? If we're playing horseshoes, Aaron, that's a leaner. That's a leaner. All right, you know? Nice. You, um, I'm proud well, of you, buddy. The the one thing we haven't done is say our code, which I think is maybe the most important part of these ad reads. So <laughs> if, if you want to go to my bookie, actually, I'm sorry. I keep saying mybookie.ag, but the boys got mybookie.com. So it's real shit. Go to mybookie.com, use the promo code ELITE. Uh, they will instantly double your first deposit. So they use the promo code ELITE. You can double your funds to double your winnings. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Okay, let's talk about stuff we didn't like. Weird show because it was hard for me to pick out like things I really didn't like, but it definitely had bad vibes at times. So I'm, I'm interested, Nate, in your delete pick. Um... Yeah, I don't know if it had bad vibes. I was debating between a couple of things here, but honestly, I everything in the product, everything that AEW put out there, I thought was pretty good and successful. So I was debating and coming on here and maybe for the first time ever, deleting the crowd for not being wow. appropriately. Um, that was kind of my leading candidate. It, they got hotter as the show continued i think or maybe they just fixed the sound mix or something um but in particular like that that super click and and jurassic express segment like kind of felt like it was dying a death um so that was one idea i had i had another thing it's kind of thorny i didn't know if it was <laughs> i wanted to get into it or not. You're just like you're just going through a couple of ideas that you had well yeah, I'm I'm counting on somebody to talk me into doing the thorny one, so then I can, uh, okay, you know, uh, 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 dissipate my own responsibility. All right, okay, do it. Okay, thank you. Uh, so, so CM Punk comes out and cuts, uh -oh. and it first says a very nice thing about John Moxley, which was also said by Caliber at the top of the show. Uh, you know that they're wishing the best for him. If you missed it, John Moxley, uh, you know, went into an uh, inpatient recovery program for alcohol. Um. And, you know, AEW's like, we fully support him. You know, we're going to be there for him. Uh, CM Punk comes out and, you know, talks at length about, you know, how how proud he is of him and how courageous of him it is to do this and, um, you know, has the ch crowd chant his name and everything. That's all great. You know, nobody's going to argue that. Uh, you know, especially because CM Punk has taken John Moxley's role of being like the babyface voice of the company now and being like, this is... You know, I'm I'm the John Cena here. I'm going to tell you, you know, what's exciting on the show, and I'm also going to tell you that we at AEW fully support John Moxley. So that's all great. 
Uh, and great that, you know, John Moxley's getting the help that he needs. Uh, but after this, after CM Punk does this whole discussion about, I know what it was like to be on the road for too long and feel like you had to keep coming back into work just because it was the manly or tough thing to do. Uh, even when you were hurt or even when you were having problems, I know what all of that is like. Uh, and that's, you know, that's not a failing. That's not a, that's not a human failing or a personal problem. That's, you know, just something that, uh, you can ask for help. And, and, and that was everything that I was talking about. And then he goes, now I'm going to talk about Eddie Kingston, who was on the program last week talking about how he takes Zoloft. And then CM Punk comes out and is like, Eddie Kingston didn't show up this week. And the whole thing that he's getting heel heat on Eddie Kingston is Eddie Kingston didn't come to work. Eddie Kingston took his ball and went home. And it was like, did you just listen to everything you just said? You were just talking about how, you know, uh, people will need to not show up and not be on the road and go home and take care of themselves. And that was everything you're talking about. And now you're using it on Eddie Kingston for heel heat. Um, That was silly to me. That was just like, can you find another angle to to push this thing with Eddie Kingston? That's not about the fact that he didn't show up to this show. Because anything else would have made more sense to me. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from Arena Club. Com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying hey look at some random cards whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. 
arenaclub.com slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Yeah, it was kind of incongruous. Like you had the, the genuine and heartfelt uh, statements uh, and like feelings about John Moxley and then immediately like attacking Moxley's partner, you know, <laughs> and talking about like, especially with like what you mentioned about like Eddie being open about his mental health and all of that. It's just, I, I, I totally get how it came off that way. And it's something that there are ways that, that I felt like there was a way to do this. And then like he brought up like not being in the eliminator tournament saying like, I, I couldn't enter this cause I had to settle my business here. And it's like, well, Eddie's not here and you aren't ranked in the top five. They made a big point of saying Miro was ranked in the top five. So why would he be put into the tournament to begin with over Miro? So it, it, it was something that like this promo, like I totally get where you're coming from here, Nate, where like genuine, incredibly heartfelt moving statement there and especially given the wrestling industry and uh, thoughts also about like masculinity toxic masculinity and all of that being able to like really give a heartfelt uh, statement there and then it just kind of went off the rails there it was the eddie part and the uh, eliminator part so yeah no i i totally get what you're saying here yeah you know not again i'm kind of i had to find i had to go digging for something to to lead on this show uh, and so, it's not, you know, I wasn't offended. I didn't, uh, think it was in poor taste. Uh, it, it's yeah, exactly. Like you said, it was just incongruous. It's like, well, you just, now we're, it's, it's like, there was a very, there was no delineation on the show, but you as a, a viewer or as a fan or as a television wrestling watcher had to go in your mind. Oh, that was real. Now this is fake. And that was just weird. Yes. It very much was, uh, Hey, Punk, we need you to do the John Moxley thing on this show. And then Punk trying to figure out how to tie in everything to it. And it kind of felt like some of those Cody promos where he tries to tie three things together, but they don't really work. And you're just like, okay, all right. Uh, but yeah, ah, fuck, I don't know. I mean, it's a tough spot also to be in to like, hey, go out and talk about how this beloved guy uh, you know, we've just announced that uh, he's going into a, an inpatient uh, program. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to give I'm going to give uh, the punker a pass on this one, uh, considering the level of difficulty. Uh, so I thought it was good. And like, have we ever had a big babyface wrestling promo about, hey, if you're struggling with, uh, you know, substance use or mental health or whatever, like the the courageous thing to do is to uh you know reach out for help i mean it seemed kind of momentous in a way yeah it was nice it, uh, it got me in my feelings for a minute <laughs> absolutely i mean and you know the straight edge guy coming out to talk about uh, how proud he was of his uh well i wouldn't i'm not sure that they're friends but you know the guy he knows uh, who's struggling with substance issues i thought was also nice um and of course we uh, we echo all those things. If anybody who's listening is struggling with such things, um, I was looking around for good, uh, good resources, and uh, I didn't have. Uh, nobody wanted to help me. Wanted to give me very good uh, options, but I know that AW was putting out information from uh, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, although it's a you know government thing. So I don't know. 
I'm not telling you that I know this is helpful, uh, but it is a service that exists. 1-800-662-HELP. 4357. So, uh, you know, failing that, reach out to someone uh, that you know that loves you and cares for you. And there are people that love you and care for you. And uh, they can point you in the right way. If all else fails, shoot me a DM and I will uh, I will help you personally. So that's it. Okay. Uh, Mike, ah, man, what, what are you going to delete? I, I mean, I'm just, I'm struggling. Yeah. Things. Yeah. I, I think it, we all know the thing that was kind of the worst thing on the show. Right. Yeah. So. We, we do. We, we do. Uh, it's, I, I just, you know, like that's something that I, it's hard to talk about that because it feels like that, that a lot of the show and a lot of like plans are, have kind of changed now. And in light of what all, uh, with John Moxley entering, uh, inpatient care, like it does feel like that, that, that he was going to figure in, greatly over the next few weeks so it does kind of have that feeling on the show and a lot of it kind of was like reformatted for that like i did see that sean rossap said that miro flew in today and they didn't know if he was gonna get to the arena on time for this uh for the match that he had against orch cassidy uh I, I this is tough like i'm really trying like really trying to reach for it uh i i guess like the thing that i'm just gonna go with the th- the match that kind of disappointed me the most i I wanted to see more of Jimmy Hader versus Anna J. And I know that's like a constant refrain that we have here, but I I felt like Anna J like looked a lot better here than she did in her title match against Burt Baker. Or was that title or non-title match? But against her match against Burt Baker nonetheless. And the fact that like something that I'm starting to track now is matches that have commercial breaks, what kind of commercial breaks are happening there, like if it's something that's that it's like set up because of the placement on the card or with like certain matches and certain people involved like this. But it was something where like, we don't get to see a lot of Jimmy hater on TV, like just naturally, like that's just kind of how things are like that. It sucks. And Anna J is someone that, that obviously they have a whole lot of stock in. I mean, she's coming back from the injury and really figuring in big into plans. And they really like built this up, like as something that like, this is a big match in the TBS title tournament and just kind of what's going on there was the shortest match on the show. Most of it happened in a commercial break, and it just was a bummer, the the fact that like, this was a match I was relatively stoked for. I mean, Aaron, we are talking about it this morning. Like, this was a match that, like, I was pretty excited about, and it got short shrift here, even with all the... Like, even with, like, all the changes here, they couldn't find more time for this match. But, like, they could have had more time in the match. They could have had another TBS title match, our tournament match here, but no, no, we had the other thing here. So I'm just bummed about that. Like if I'm going to pick one thing on the show that I would delete, it would be the uh, kind of getting short shrift in the uh, Jimmy Hader and a J match. Yeah. It's hard for me to mirror that exactly. Cause I do watch on fight. So I see the whole matches without the ad breaks, um, which also probably skews why I think a lot of the matches are too long. Um, but this seemed like, a, a, you know, not counting the ad break because I got to see the whole match. It seemed like a, about the appropriate length to me. Um, but I will complain that they shoved in an attack angle at the end for no reason, except that they just do that in every, <laughs> every match or segment. Um, especially like, I don't, I don't think that I missed something, but does, does Brit and her crew with Jamie and rebel have any specific problem with Anna? Because uh, it really just felt like, oh, they're a heel. She's just going to beat up the face now for no reason, except that she's a heel. Um, 
And then it's like, oh, well, it's actually just because we have to have some vehicle to get three other women on the show because we're not doing anything else with them. So it's like, well, then Thunder Rosa can make the save and then Ty Conti can make the save. Uh, and then they can all be like, I have all the baby faces on one side and all the heels on the other side. And it's just very like basic paint by numbers, you know, not, not a lot of inspiration there, just kind of functional um, and not a lot of character depth there. It's like, well, the heels attack the baby faces. Well, why? Because they're heels. Um, and then the other baby faces make the save. Why? Because they're baby faces. Even though one of them is fighting the other one next week or in the TBS tournament. Yes, they're baby faces. So that was like, oh, whatever. You know, it's that it, it's functional. We're not going to get more thought into it than that. Yeah, I mean, the only argument for it is that, you know, of course, we have the tie Brit match coming up. Uh, so, you know, I guess there's something to that. But yeah, it's it's like it'd be one thing if you knew that was building to like a trios match between the three of them. Like, Oh, that'd be exciting. But obviously that's probably not coming. Um, the positive thing I'll say about this match is, you know, I was talking about my super seven. That's what I'm going to call them now of the women's division. And uh, the matches are just better when one of them is involved and Jamie Hayter bore this out perfectly by the fact that Anna Jay looked better in this match than she looked in the Britt Baker match. And and I like Britt a lot, but uh, Jamie is quite a bit better, you know, just in the ring as a, as that sort of pro wrestler. Britt is obviously a bigger star and has uh, more charisma that has gotten over to this point. Uh, Jamie is very charismatic, you know, but that's just not been the role she's been in so far. So that was good. I agree. I mean, it definitely had time for another women's match. They had time to, to uh, do more with this, but they've kind of just hurt me too many times with the women's matches. And I'm kind of just like, okay, this is, uh, this is what's happening. So I might as well, you know, learn to live with it, I suppose. Uh, just cause I looked this up and uh, I don't know if it's interesting, but uh, J- Jamie and Britt, almost the same number of total matches on cage. In their careers? In their careers. Britt's at 206. Jamie's at 214. Jamie, probably, I'm assuming, over a shorter period of time. Is that right? No, they started within one. No, that's not right, because this is uh, European ordering. Uh, they started within three months of each other in 2015. Huh. I was just thinking, like, Jamie was getting a lot of reps in stardom, you know, because they, they right. worked more often than Britt probably would have. So that's pretty interesting. Well, I wonder if there's, you know, something to be said for getting a lot of reps in a short period of time and then having time off as compared to, you know, interspersed matches that are less frequent and, mm. uh, you know, maybe you have less time to, you know, take something constructively from each one. Totally just bullshitting here, but I thought that was, uh, <laughs> I didn't realize they were so similar in that way. I wouldn't have guessed that. Although you kind of like tonight when Jamie was walking out, she like had this change to her hair. And they kind of they zoomed in on her face, of course, as you do when someone's entering. And you kind of forget how young she is, but she has a very young looking face. And it struck me that like, oh, yeah, she's still like quite young and has you know plenty of time uh, to to grow as a wrestler and performer and all that good stuff. She's I mean, she's like 24, 25, 26, 26. Yeah, I was in the in the vicinity. Um, Again, it was hard. You know, because there wasn't a lot I hated on the show. Uh, (laughs) 
So I'm just going to do a weird one. I thought also about doing this as my elite pick, but now I'm going to do it as my <laughs> delete pick, which is our good friend, Jim Ross, uh, claiming to be a Native American on this show. This was, I think, in the Andrade Cody match, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And he was just like, oh, by the way, I just want everyone to know that I am Native American. Very funny. I don't know, does anyone um, want to tackle this? <laughs> I mean... Not especially. Well, he, the reason he said it is because he said Indian Deathlock, which is the name of the move. Uh, and then he was concerned that people would get mad at him for not being politically correct. So he's like, I should say Native American Deathlock, but I am one. Um, but apparently he is. Uh, Cherokee, right? Yeah, he's a... Well, I did a very basic Google. It says, Jim Ross is a full-fledged member of the Cherokee Nation. So it's just like incongruent. It, it just was just like an add-on that Jim Ross, just being Jim Ross, is just trying he to. He did. Like, he was. He was also on my list of possible deletes because he did have a couple. Yeah. You he, know, more than more than usual number of uh, okay, Jim moments. Yeah, I I know his. Uh, I I know that his daughter's dispensary has not started or marijuana farm has not started, but it did kind of sound like he might have been high a little bit on his supply tonight. Uh, there's a. <laughs> A Tulsa World article in which Jim Ross claims to have been one eighth Cherokee. Um, right. Well, you know, I, I'm not going to speak like a, any sort of authority on this, but oh, I'm not either. I that, just, yeah, I'm just uh, that, giving I think that, that information. He, that he's a mem- considered a member of the tribe is more important than what I think. Whatever his, you know, uh, biological makeup is. But I'm not doing. More, I'm not doing one drop rule. Uh, I'm not getting. This is not, not nasty. <laughs> um, but, you know, perhaps more uh, more illustrative here, the place where I find this, our good friends at uh, Squared Circle, longtime uh, listeners. Um, there, of course, uh, during the latest episode of Grilling JR, Jim Ross talked about the Cleveland Indians name change, and he said, as a Native American, he did not find the term offensive. <laughs> Well, thank God. I'm glad. So, <laughs> I'm glad someone from the tribe has spoken. Uh, that's it's a little bit like uh, when Jerry Seinfeld's dentist uh, converts to Judaism, so he can start <laughs> telling Jewish jokes. <laughs> Actually, I'm glad I, I I picked that as my delete because that was a great piece of information there from <laughs> from Squared Circle. All right, let's run down uh, the rest of the show. Of course, we talked about Kenny Omega defeating Alan Angels with the V-Trigger. And uh, then he was going to destroy Angels, but Hangman made the save. They did a great little piece of business where Hangman goes for the buckshot lariat, but Kenny gets out of the way. I just make you, I just wanted to see him get hit with that buckshot lariat so bad. I'm going to jump off my couch when it happens. Well, the... His, you know, two little lines there, extremely cool babyface shit, where he's just like, I'm going to be a gentleman. You got 10 days. That's, you know, uh, pitch perfect. Yeah, I love that 10 days line. That was like, all right, like the countdown's on and, you know, I'm stoked. So, yeah, no, this rock. That's just great pro wrestling. I mean, all you want is to see Hangman Page hold that fucking belt up and uh, just greet his adoring fans as the as the world champion man gonna be fun uh we got a malachi black pre-tape he says uh tony khan's decision to bar him from ringside 
is not going to have an effect because when they assassinated Julius Caesar, it wasn't just Marcus who betrayed him. Yes, Malachi Black. I also have listened to the entire history of Rome podcast as a <laughs> mid thirties to uh, mid forties male. Yeah, no, I mean, I haven't. I, I I listened to Jake the Snake's promo when he debuted in this company about Cody being Caesar. Well, yeah, Nate, you haven't had as much time to listen to podcasts now that you're reading so many books. That's right. Yeah, that's but right. Hey. I'm uh, coming up on on six sixth for the year. Wow. There Nate. you go. Yeah. And, I've been and I mean oh, Nate, this actually works out for you because also now we're authors. So you know you're oh, really getting right. into the craft. Reading and writing. Yeah, I, I had to study up on my reading to, to really know how to do this, uh, by which I mean authoring this book. I've been uh, reading this book that's set in uh Ireland and all I want to do is like uh at Robert about like things of, that I read in the book. How do you think that is this fiction? It is book? fiction. Yeah, it's like a it's like a detective novel or whatever. Buddy, that's that's all that matters. It's all you need is detective novels. For sure. No, I really like it. It's fun. Uh, you know. I have to I'm mix it up, up sometimes. Uh, yeah, let's do book corner. I'm finishing up the okay. third millennium book, the the girl who that series. Oh, sure. Uh cuz I I loved the Fincher movie, uh but I'd never read the books, so I'm powering through those. Uh, I read uh, Jonathan Ames' detective novel in L.A. Um, I read a couple other detective novels, L.A. detective stories by, like, trashy TV writers or whatever. Um, I read uh, I read a, a book about a Japanese divorce lawyer who investigates someone who changed their identity. Um, and it, it, I might actually recommend it to you, Aaron. It's pretty, there's all this stuff about the death penalty in it. Uh, but it was pretty interesting. Um, All right. And then I, I read, I think, something else. Was that six? Uh, Two, three, four, five, close. six, seven. No, I'm finishing my seventh now. But, I mean, and you started late in the year, right? I mean. I, this is since October, I think. This is oh, since, since, I, since I got COVID, pretty much. What a reader. Uh, this is uh, In the Woods is the name of this book. I mean, also, <laughs> you know, fits for a lot of reasons. Now, uh, is, that a, is that a Sondheim musical? Into there the is Woods song. is the song. Into the Woods. Yes. Oh, it's very Man, close. if I could bring this back to musical chat. <laughs> <laughs> into uh, the Woods. Into the Woods. <laughs> but it's, I basically, I read a lot of nonfiction or whatever. I just read the, the Tim Hornbaker uh, book about uh, Death of the Territories. And so then I have this friend who I went to law school with who I text and I'm just like, hey, can you tell me like, just some book that won't make me think very much at all, you know, just something fun. And she's like, yeah, here's this like uh, detective novel. It sounds great. So I got that and I've been enjoying it quite a bit. So, uh, but yeah, I need some, it, there's a lot of actually, I mean, this is some real, I, I hate to bring this up, but I was once nearly canceled for uh, talking about my hatred of Irish Americans on this show around St. Patrick's Day. I'm very anti St. Patrick's Day. Uh, but as I've been reading this book and there's like, you know, the way that they write the dialogue for the Irish people, uh, it hits me, which of course I know this because, you know, I uh, went to school, but it's like, oh yeah, these are like my people came, absolutely came from Ireland to Eastern Kentucky or whatever. Like it's the same fucking people. <laughs> Cumberland Gap, yeah. Yes. They yeah. they talk like, you know, my fucking uh 
whatever. Yeah, I mean, the, the Irish are, are, are a downtrodden people. They are. So they are yeah, it, it's, you know, it's woke to support the Irish. It is. Until they become Irish Americans, I think. That's, exactly. Yeah. There's now some sort of, I don't know, it's not the international date line, but there's some kind of <laughs> international annoyance line when you cross over the ocean that way. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and a lot of Irish talk for us lately, Nate, because we also <laughs> did a discussion of movies about the IRA on uh, on the yes. Patreon. The Troubles. The Troubles. And then uh, Aaron Taub told me he's reading a book about the Troubles right now. So maybe I'll put that on my list. Uh, I think we've got, I mean, we just, I'm pretty sure, booked a Patreon bonus show here. Uh, the Troubles <laughs> Book Corner on Everything Elite. That sounds great. We should, we should do a little book corner. I know, uh, Mike, we talked about uh, Book Club. So you know, maybe we can work all this together into something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Got to be better than talking about a high school band. Oh, yeah, we did that, too. Uh, All right, the CM Punk thing was next. We've talked about that. Miro had a pre-tape. He said, uh, God, are you trying to help me or toy with me by putting me in the title race? Do you look down on me in anger or fear? I thought that was a great line. He says, in this tournament, you have something to prove to me, and I have something to prove to her. I will be forgiven. I will be loved. And then you will be forgiven. When he said, I will be loved, I thought of the Maroon 5 song, She Will Be Loved. Sure. I think Miro should just win this tournament. We'll get to the match later. I think you should just win the whole thing. I think someone uh, and uh, I didn't didn't do the listener delete. So let me tie that all back in. Someone, and I think it should be Chelsea, uh, should um, send this to someone in a hardcore band because this promo could just be the lyrics to a hardcore song. I mean, I can, you can hear the breakdown of, uh, I will be forgiven. I will be loved. I mean, or do you look down on me in anger or in fear? I was doing a little breakdown on my, on my desk there. My uh, wife's I was rocking out. She probably I was didn't like out, that. Listener delete. I forgot to do this, uh, but it's Chelsea and it's Chelsea's birthday. Happy birthday, Chelsea. My present to you, this content, and uh, you're the listener delete for the week. And Chelsea's delete was the flailing of a poorly planned slow motion brawl. And we had a couple of those. She was referring to the early one in the show, but she came back later and doubled down uh, on Hmm. the second uh, poorly planned brawl we had on the show. I did see that, and I wasn't sure what she meant. And then it just dawned, probably the, the super click and Jurassic Express one, right? Yes. Probably. Yes, which we're coming up yeah, to that, right now. Right. That kind of seemed flat for whatever reason. Tell us how it went, Aaron. Aaron, you're muted, right? I'm muted, but I was doing my hands, so you knew I was talking. So, super click. We got them backstage. Uh, they're saying, hey, what happened last week? That's not going to happen again. Uh, we're tough guys. We're not afraid of anyone. We never back down from a fight. Christian interrupts. Uh, they say, hey, don't fuck with us. There's three of us. There's one of you, blah, blah, blah. Luchasaurus interrupts. They beg off from that. And then, psych, they attack. Uh, Christian and Luchasaurus fight them into the arena. A lot of references to the uh, backlot brawl on this on this program recently. And then Jungle Boy is out of nowhere. He does a flip. He takes out some folks. Christian does a spear on the stage. Christian goes for a kill switch. But Nick super kicks him. A bunch of other stuff happens. Then Adam Cole gets concertoed on the stage. Uh, this, ab- I mean, obviously, as we talked about, 
there was a lot of stuff that was probably not supposed to be on the show that ended up being on the show because they had to move stuff around. This felt 100% like they talked it out, you know, 10 minutes before it happened. And uh, yeah, it just, it was very weird. Did this weirdly was like only four or five minutes, but it felt like 15. It just felt like it went on for a long time. Uh, I, I did like another great camera shot, uh, Jungle Boy Out of Nowhere with the Tobey Kanalo off the stage was pretty sick. But yeah, the, like my biggest takeaway from this before the Tobey Kanalo was Alex Marvez like standing bewildered trying to get out of there, just going, basically being the living equivalent of the emoji. And I made a face that y'all can hear, but it's the <laughs> emoji. Y- y- y'all can interpret. No, uh, the sound. The sound made it work. Yeah. 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 There we go. In the, uh, in the Discord, yeah, this, it's grimacing. Uh, is how you uh, pull that up in Discord, if you're wondering. Well, I grimaced. The, Marvez should have done what Cutler did, except that Cutler was already doing it. Cutler crawled on the boxes to like scramble away, so Marvez just kind of had to stand there and look weird. Um. But yeah, most of this That's like his whole job, get... Nate. He just stands there and looks me. weird. That was my joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, most of uh, this didn't get any reactions, even though you got like Adam Cole, who's like your biggest star. Uh, and I don't know why it didn't really, um, except that I think this was Christian's quote unquote big return from him taking the Meltzer driver on the outside, right? And he had like a his neck was hurt in that match, and then he was taken out of the match and disappeared, right? And this was like his big return, and it just didn't it didn't feel like the crowd cared at all. I know I didn't, but that's nothing new. Uh, we got a little uh, hype video for the Ruby Soho-Chris Statlander match that is impending in the TBS title tournament. Uh, you know, they did a couple of these and they're all like fine, except there's just no real, there's just not really anything there for these matches, like to really sink your teeth into. It's just like, okay, well, here's this match, which is better than nothing that they're doing yeah. the, the videos. But I appreciate the the effort of the time in the videos, at least. So maybe that, you know, there will be something when we get to get to the matches. I, yeah. I got to double back on, because uh, Andrew in the chat said that he liked the concerto spot in that brawl. Did they stop doing the two-man concerto because it was too easy to brain somebody? Is that why? Because it looks so much better. They, uh, they, I've not seen a two-man concerto probably in 15 years. Yeah. like, But it was way cooler. Well, yeah. I mean, you have two people headshotting each other. I mean, <laughs> w- w- what's wrong with that? I mean, the idea is the same, right? Is that you, you hit the chairs and you don't hit the guy's head. And that's right, the same thing yeah. he does with the lying down. I guess it's just the execution is too hard to get two people right, hitting yeah, the chairs it's exactly. It's yeah, timing okay. because if you if you miss it, then you actually do headshot people. Right. I guess I guess I understand, but it was that's another thing the wokes took away from us, guys. You can't even make jokes about women taking on five guys at the same time anymore. <laughs> Uh, AAA tag titles, FTR versus Aerostar and Samurai Del Sol, a hair-pinned Aerostar with a roll-up and grabbing the ropes. I thought the Luchadors worked really hard here to try and show out and have a great match. Um, And they had a lot of cool spots, and I think they pretty much succeeded in having an exciting match that furthered everybody's 
uh, uh, goals here. You know, FTR uh, actually looks like old school Southern brawlers here when they're in the ring with two luchadors who are smaller than them flying all over the place. Um, and the luchadors, I think, got enough cool spots in that people will be excited to see them if they get another shot. Uh, and, you know, you get a little heel finish where it's like, yeah, they beat the AAA Luchador team, but they had to pull the tights and use the ropes and all this stuff. So I thought this was uh, this also exceeded my expectations and was uh, kind of a nice little treat. It was nice seeing Samurai Del Sol. He after he was let go by WWE, he it looked like he was going to go into like Triller and boxing. So it looked like that he might not be back into wrestling. So it was uh, cool to see him. We did get the modern Aerostar experience. So like that happened. But yeah, no, this was a pretty interesting and fun match. I I liked the Like, I, I think, Aaron, we were talking about this. We're like, is this going to be like too like just uh, are we just going to get like people under mass and they're going to be faking it again? Like how they got the title belts and they're just going to beat the crap out of people. No, we got we got Aerostar and Samurai Del Sol. And, you know, I hope we get to see uh, Samurai Del Sol more. And, uh, you know, it's nice to see Aerostar back in on American television. Yeah, I don't know. The Jericho, the, I don't know if he's going to be having Samurai Del Sol back in the locker room. I don't know if you guys are seeing Yeah, him. yeah. That, that's, uh, that's something that's, that's live weird. happening. L- live fire is happening right now on Twitter. Yeah, he's blow, blowing up uh, Air, or, uh, Samurai Del Sol's tweet because he spelled John Huber's name wrong and he put an H in it. Like every other John is spelled. I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't seem like enough to warrant going after the guy. But hey, I don't know. Maybe it was important to John Huber. I um, really liked this match. I thought it was a lot of fun. A lot of people uh, were, you know, going at my man, Aerostar, uh, who I've loved, you know, my entire life. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. He, like, did six spots. Uh, I, fuck, I, don't, I thought he was cool. I thought and, it was fun. And he wanged his leg on the gate, yeah. and he was doing them with a limp half the time. Yeah, so, I mean, when people were it's, like, oh, he kind of, he sucked toward the end. It's like, well, yeah, he fucked up his leg. I thought he still was cool, like. I don't know. I I want to see guys do stuff where they almost die, uh, and he did that. I mean, it's the air experience. It's that the air cool. experience. Like he, he uh, like he will go for stuff. Sometimes it'll work for him. Sometimes it won't. Like there was that one dive that he was not caught whatsoever. Also earlier in that match, I was like, oh, we're getting the air star experience there. And you know, he has the cool LED mask. I was sad he didn't have the flamethrower to come out with. I was hoping for that. But you know, it it was neat. Like like it was nice actually like having like Lucha stars here, you know, and and it, it was tight. And he you mean FTR, right? Right, yes. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> I mean they're Lucha Levens. I like thing. I like almost grinned that they had the uh Mexican and American flag knee pads. I thought that was that was pretty cute. I think this is my favorite thing that FTR has done to oh, this point. Sure. I mean, you know, it's been like two weeks, so it could turn into a disaster, but yeah, you know, much better than them kidnapping Marco Stunt or whatever the fuck. I'm like I have no memory and I'm a I'm a uh, prisoner of the moment, but I wanna say this was my favorite FTR match maybe ever. <laughs> Just like I don't know, it was fast and fun and there were big spots. It was cool. I liked it. Now, when they do bring in, I don't know if this is the direction they go in, but of course, a ton of tremendous luchadors now uh, between AAA, between all the luchadors that have got visas through the the luchador convention daily, uh, and then all the great luchadors that Ring of Honor just released. Uh, so, you know, the logical storyline here is some other luchadors come in and take these belts off of FTR, um, if not 
if not Phoenix and Pentagon and some other luchadors. The way they should do it is FDR thinks they're being set up with another cupcake tag team or something. And then you send some luchadors out in that same fake lucha gear that FTR wrestled in. Uh, and then they get their masks dramatically pulled off, but they have their real lucha masks underneath the fake lucha masks. And it's like, you know, Dragon Lee and, and Realistico or whatever. Uh, and then they do sick lucha shit and win. That would be very funny to me. I said on light that I thought they would go more of that way here. And I said on light they should do minis. In this role, I thought, ah. thought that would have been funny. You could have, now that I think about it, you could have even put them in like Penta and Phoenix masks. I think, you know, it's like extremely little... attitude era. Yeah, it definitely just reminded me of like the Bret Hart thing <laughs> in attitude era. Uh, but yeah, I thought I'm that just... would be, it would have been funny. Have they ever done uh, a reveal where one luchador pretends to be another luchador? So it's a mask ripoff to reveal just a different mask. <laughs> I don't know, but I hope so. Because that, that amuses me. <laughs> hey, man, I was trying to get uh, Darby to ha- wear a Darby mask. and then... I guess kind of the problem is the crowd. Unless it's Rey Mysterio's mask, <laughs> the crowd isn't going to go, ah. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a little tough. But yeah. Okay, uh, then I guess there were actually three of these in a way. Only two of them were videos. But we have uh, Tony backstage giving Sheeta uh, the trophy for winning 50 matches. Nyla and Vicky interrupt. And Nyla reminds her that they're going to be wrestling next in the TBS tournament, but not next, like on this show, which was kind of confusing, but next in the tournament. Uh, Then we got the inner circle in ring. This was the part where they were going to pick the American top team members, American top team interrupted. Dan Lambert gave them an open contract. He runs down their whole crew. They got two Bellator guys who were undefeated in Bellator to match up with uh, Jake Hager uh, they start out, the inner circle starts out by picking Junior Dos Santos and Andre Arlovsky. Uh, Jake Hager calls Junior Dos Santos Popeye and somehow sounds racist doing it. I'm not really sure how that <laughs> how that happened, but I was like, uh, was that racist? Not sure. Uh, Lambert is mad about uh, what Jericho said about Paige Van Zant uh, last time around. So her husband is there and he wants to get in this match. Uh, But Paige takes the mic and says she wants to be in the match. She's free on uh, whatever day full gear is. Obviously, I don't know because I fucked that up uh, with travel plans. Uh, So she wants to be in the match. But the big swerve is that the inner circle picks Dan Lambert as the fifth guy in the match. Got him. Got his ass. Got his ass. Big time. Look what he got himself into. Yeah, um, you know, this was pretty hot. <laughs> Dan Lambert gets great reactions now, and him reacting to his reactions is a delight to me. Him getting mad and frothing and, and hopping around and stuff. Um, so, yeah, that was all good. And, you know, now the baby faces are going to get their comeuppance on the guy who all the heat is really on, Dan Lambert, instead of, you know, uh, fifth string MMA guy. So, yeah. Yes, that's good. I mean, basically, there were some rough parts in this whole build and even in this segment, but it gets where you want it to get. And Lambert gets good reactions. I'm generally in favor of the story. Generally. I said generally twice in that sentence. Uh, My only thing about it. And somebody mentioned this in the discord is that like, Paige Van Zant is the baby face in the story. Like there's like this whole weird dynamic between her 
and Jericho that's like, I don't know, creepy and you kind of want to see like uh, I want to see Paige Van Zant like beat up Chris Jericho is well, really like what I want to see. Well, sure. Yes, I mean that that I want to see Paige Van Zant do more. Yes. Um but you know, Jericho made his name being a misogynistic babyface. That's his whole career, right? Uh so I don't it it doesn't make him the heel really. Uh if I have a complaint about this, it's that he didn't actually write a misogynistic babyface joke here. Paige Van Zant set up the joke and it's like, hey, I'll take on all five of you. And Chris Jericho did not have a joke. Just said, there's a joke there. And that was like, there's, he just didn't deliver in the spot. So that was the problem. I mean, <laughs> would it have been problematic and offensive? Yes, probably. Um, so should he not have done it? Probably. But why set it up and then not do it? <laughs> the, the thing about being problematic and offensive is if you are legitimately funny with, with whatever you say that is problematic and offensive, you can usually get by with it. It's okay. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, he's a little, you know, he's like, except for, you know, whenever he does anything, there's a million tweets about him being at the Capitol riots or whatever. Sure. Um, but he's kind of Teflon beyond that, right? Like, oh yeah. <laughs> donated all this money to Trump and his shithead and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. He would have been able to get away with it, yes. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, I don't, they, they should have a Paige Van Zant match at this pay per view. I mean, she already said she's free, you know, for the show. Uh, I'd like to see her in the ring. She should fight Cody and she can finally <laughs> job to a boxer. <laughs> they should just, I mean, not to be, not to be Mike or me on previous shows, but they just set up a trios match or something where, you know, she can be hidden a little bit and, have some fun or I, just I, let her punch Jericho in the face. I mean, come uh, yeah, on. that's fine too. I just, yeah. I, I feel like we're going to see Paige Van Zandt wrestle. It feels like that's coming. So that's exciting. All right. Uh, they did the, the part here with uh, Bats Head Al and Moriarty and Dante and LBO Leo. Uh, looks like that's going to lead to a tag match. Jamie Hader and Anna J. Jamie won with a short arm lariat after some Brit interference. Uh, then we had the post-match beat down tie saves, Rosa saves. Okay. Friend of mine, Rob, uh, I was talking on light this morning, like the Thunder Rosa thing is weird to me. The whole TBS thing is weird to me because the obvious match is Rosa versus Brit. So how do you get there if Rosa wins this tournament? And uh, my friend Rob texts me and he says, well, you have Jamie, uh, Brit helps. So Rosa wins the tournament. Brit helps Jamie Hayter beat Rosa for the title you got a little gimmick where they have both of the titles for some period of time you know jamie and brit that's fun and rosa can flip to going after brit for the uh aw women's title because she's pissed about this whole thing where brit helped jamie beat rosa i I thought that is an interesting idea if you still want to if you still want rosa to win the tournament and have a match with brit for the title any thoughts? It makes sense with me. I mean, it does seem like that, like, with Rosa in the tournament, if she wins it, like, as we were saying before, but getting her eliminated, especially in this manner, especially the, the fact that we, when we're talking about this on light, like, yeah, no, this is the Thunder Rosa region. So the winner got the face. Uh, so Jimmy Hayer's facing her in the next round. It lines up. It makes sense to me. Uh, we had 
Jade Cargill, Smart Mark, Sterling backstage. They don't care who wins in the Bunny versus Red Velvet match. Uh, Jade says it's going to be short and sweet regardless. Just like Red Velvet. Short and sweet. She does the little cooking gimmick. She stirs it up, Aaron. Come on. Yeah. Cake. Red Velvet cake. Yeah. She's also short. Yeah, that's the gimmick. Yeah, she stirs it up. She's straight from your mama's kitchen. That's right. She stirs it up. I didn't know what you said. Yeah, I was, it, uh, I was like, "What? She stirs, <laughs> she stirs it, it up? What? No, no stirs, stirs it, it up. up. Yeah, yeah. All right. MJF Darby thing was here. Uh, Andrade versus Cody. Andrade won with El Idolo after FTR interference. Post match attack. Arn and Tully. Lucha Bros come out. Uh, John Silver is in the ring with Tony. This was definitely thrown on to this show. Yeah, uh, to to fill some time, uh, but it was good. So he says, oh, it's great. It's not John Silver versus Adam Cole. It's John Silver versus Budge. He's mad that Adam Cole won't take his advice. So he's going to kick some Budge ass. So this is the first time in a long time, I feel like we've had a BTE storyline come to television. So uh, if you've been listening to the Patreon and, you know, I don't know, <laughs> a year and a half of me fucking recapping BTE for no reason. <laughs> it finally paid off here with this 30 second John Silver promo. <laughs> <laughs> um, a a a sloppy budge sign perfectly framed in the background with the crowd uh i thought i mean this this is john silver this is pure unadulterated john silver uh and he brings the energy and he brings john silver every time uh and i thought it was great to hype this match up for john silver versus budge uh because the guy still he, he's got a he's got something yeah he's got that special something that's just unequivocally and and is nobody else's but his uh and the crowd likes it because how can you not yeah i mean budge is over budge is over the crowd that they were not synced up with john silver on the budge but that means we've got two budges back to back so yeah no really was oh we need to have something here because of plans but it rocked and you know uh Tony Schiavone at the same time was kind of looking like, what am I doing here? Which made it even better. It was weird. Tony Schiavone did not want to say kick Adam Cole's ass, even though they swear on this show constantly. And like five minutes, I don't know, later he called uh, MJF a shithead on Mike. So it's like, okay, you don't want to say ass, but you'll just call him a shithead. Okay. Did we ever find out if Tony said fuck on TV last week? Cause it really, it really felt like he did. I what was I on the show last week? Yeah, I was. I don't remember this. Yeah, so I forget exactly what it was, but there was definitely a moment where it was like, did he just say fuck? And I'm pretty sure he did, but nobody ever mentioned it. So I don't know. I guess nobody even remembers it now. So did not ping me at Maybe all. Maybe I made it up. There was a bunny red velvet hype video. Uh Brian Danielson came out for commentary for the main event. And uh, Miro defeated Orange Cassidy with game over. Brian and Miro faced off. Brian tried to shake hands with him. Miro declined. Pretty great table spot in this match. Absolutely. Yeah. This match rocked. Like this was. Yeah, it was a great match. Um, like Miro should win the tournament now. Like he comes in here and I'm stoked to see now the American dragon versus Miro, you know, like we've seen that a lot in WWE, but now we get to see this now at full gear with like this new, like, like aspect, Brian Danielson taking it back to 2006. And I think that these two guys will have like 
really awesome match on Full Gear. It actually might might now be my most anticipated match on the show. I'm actually not sure we... I think uh, TJ Hawk said they've never had a singles match. Really? I thought they did. Let me go on cage match. Okay. Sorry. Okay, they did Money in the Bank qualifying uh, SmackDown Live. I think they've had one. Wow, TJ Hawk. Come on, bud. Call you go, go into too many Nets games lately. Why don't you focus <laughs> on, on wrestling, on cage match? It's, I mean, entirely possible that I'm just misremembering and somebody else brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's bury TJ. Okay. <laughs> All right, uh, that was Dynamite. If you like our show, as I said earlier, the best way to support us is to go to patreon.com slash everything elite. Uh, Nate recaps BTE every week for some reason for the last year and a half, as he just told us. <laughs> yeah, no idea why. <laughs> why do we do anything, Nate? Uh, Mike and I preview Dynamite. We talk about Dark and Elevation and Road 2. Over there every Wednesday morning, that's where Nate also does his BTE recaps. We do a Rampage review show each weekend called World Tour. Uh, and this month is a big month because, of course, it's full gear month. So we break out lots of stuff uh, for the pay-per-views. We'll do a retrospective talking about last year's full gear. We'll do a preview of this year's full gear. We'll do an instant reaction immediately after full gear. We'll be talking about, uh, presumably, uh, Adam Page's big world championship win. So that should be exciting. So it's full gear month. Great time to subscribe. So sign up. There's three levels. It's all, you know, it's spelled out there on the on the page. The $5 level in the middle gets you all the audio. Uh, the $8 level gets you the live weekly show. So we record these every Wednesday night after Dynamite. You can listen live and get the YouTube replay uh, for the rest of your fucking life. Anytime you want to go listen to it, it'll be there. So, And we have a Discord. So join that. Uh, that's all at patreon.com slash everything elite. Rampage this weekend, which uh, Mike and I will be talking about on World Tour this weekend. has It's in St. Louis. It's live. And we're going to have a CM Punk, Eddie Kingston face-to-face, -face, Bunny versus Red Velvet, and the Battle of the Budge, John Silver versus Adam Cole. Presumably one more match, but hasn't been announced. Yeah, hey, I I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do for that. I mean, since now they're... Sorry, is it... Well, we had a pause there, and it got to a point where I felt well, like I needed... It's not a thing to say. I mean, we, we yeah. have matches. Nobody, fine. Yeah, Nobody cares about, uh, about Rampage, so... Uh, I, I mean, we we just talked about the Battle of the Budge. We did. Yeah. You're right. What What is there to say? We've talked about everything else, too, basically. Uh, just a reminder before we get out of here that uh, this and our next show will be our last two shows on the VOW network. So if you subscribe to the VOW network feed, you're going to need to pop over to our individual feed and subscribe to that to keep getting our shows after the next two. So the, the show immediately after Full Gear is going to be the first one you can only get on our individual feed. So make sure you're signed up for that. Uh, I'll keep reminding you for the next couple of weeks. So uh, don't worry. This is going to be like when, uh, when raw went to TNN and USA kept trying to bleep out their references to going <laughs> off USA network. Like check us out next week on T. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's, it's a lot like that folks. 
So if that was bleeped out, uh, you know, check our Twitter. The link's in the bio. Oh, there you go. <laughs> link's in bio, as usual. And subscribe to our YouTube, because we're going to be putting more stuff up there. So check it out. Um, find us on Twitter at everything AEW. I'm at Aaron Like the Car. Nate's at Epitasis. Mike's at Fuji. Hey, ya. Uh, subscribe very much a lot. Rate and review. <laughs> Patreon.com slash everything elite. MyBookie.com. Promo code elite. Uh, yeah, have you been waiting to leave us a nice uh, Apple Podcast iTunes review? This would be a great time to do it on our specific feed. Or actually, even better, wait two weeks and then leave us a nice five-star review on our specific feed about how we're nice, cute, sweet boys who do such a nice job uh, talking about everybody's favorite wrestling promotion and how you know we're infallible and everything we say is lovable and correct and you know uh, you trust us with your lives. That'd be a great time to do it, uh, you know, just so, you know, we don't evaporate into the ether when we leave the VOW network. Make sure you say we're cute. That's probably the most important part of that. Five stars and cute. All right. Everybody agrees. Okay. For Mike, for Nate, we're cute. And I'm Aaron. See you next week. (laughs) 